You can have a sanctified Jew in your presence. It's very difficult to, uh, to come to know the Lord if you're raised in the Hebrew tradition. Um, Israel was raised in a conservative home in Philadelphia, attended Hebrew school, and at 13 had his bar mitzvah. After high school, he joined the U.S. Navy and was stationed in Morocco. Now, many of you know that I was a Marine, and as a Marine, of course, I had to learn the Navy salute, and it's like this, just so you'll know. <laughs> Amen. Preach it, brother. <laughs> but one night um, in May of 1961, a Gentile sailor, actually, sail, how do you say that? What do they call you guys, sailors? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. They used to call us seagoing bellhops or cargo. <laughs> and um, he became born again, and he's a child Amen. of God. He, Amen. he does have his lovely wife, I believe, Judy, with him today as well. But it's my uh, privilege and my honor to, to give to you Israel Cohen. Thank you, brother. It's a joy and a privilege to be here. Uh, you forgot something, oh. brother. <laughs> he forgot something. He was going to share something. Can you turn me back on? Thank you very much. I'm going to say something to him, and then he's going to interpret it for you. Baruch Hashem HaMashiach Yeshua. Baruch Hashem Adonai. Man, he knows a little Hebrew, that's for sure. Uh, I know a little Hebrew. He's about this big. He runs a deli over in Hornell. This thing is driving me a little crazy. Uh, uh, is this? I don't know. It's like keeps coming off, brother. Can we turn this one on? I don't know. Okay, I guess I'm all right. This is the original one that Jesus used at the feeding of the five thousand. So <laughs> that's the problem. What he said was, "Baruch Hashem." That's uh, praise the name. Hamashiach Yeshua. That's uh, Messiah Jesus. Baruch Hashem. Adonai. Praise the Lord. So that's what he said in Hebrew, and uh, he had get a perfect introduction. Some of you may remember, some of you folks that have been around for a while, and if you've been hanging out in any messianic groups, you know a group called Lamb. Joel Chernoff was in that group, uh, along with Rick Levi Coghill, and he wrote a song called Baruch Hashem. And uh, if we had the music, we could have sung it today, brother. That's a great song, and uh, it's... Uh, Baruch Hashem is just a, a great way to greet Jewish people in the Lord. Now, I uh, don't know if I have to apologize or not, but I don't look like that anymore. Uh, I, uh, I had shaved it off, and I, had, oh, I said, no, come on, forget it. I, got, I, I grew it back. See, I'm of the opinion that if God didn't want hair to grow on our face, he wouldn't make it grow. So why should we be cutting it off? <laughs> anyway, that's another. I appreciate the folks with the uh, whiskers. I saw some, some nice long whiskers actually around here. So that's good. That's a wonderful thing. So thank you very much for having me back. I encourage you to come out tonight at 6 o'clock for uh, Christ in the Tabernacle, uh, Messiah in the Tabernacle. Uh, Aaron will show up. If you've met him before, uh, I was here a couple years ago, and you met Aaron before, uh, he's coming back for a refresher course, <laughs> what it is, and uh, it's going to be really exciting, and I'm looking forward to meeting him myself. Uh, Judy will be here, but uh, I will. By the way, that's my wonderful wife, Judy. Stand up, raise your hand. Come on, Judy, come on. 
That's Judy. She wasn't here last time, and uh, I told her, thank, 48 years on November 28th we've been married. 48 years she put up with me. Uh, so praise the Lord for that. And uh, the thing is that uh, I always uh, do better off when Judy comes with me because she's just uh, is <laughs> part of the, the, the blessing and uh, sharing. She's also Jewish. She also loves the Lord. I am with Chosen People Ministries, okay? This is uh, Chosen People Ministries. If you, did you, everybody get that brochure? If you didn't get that brochure, raise your hand, slip it up. It's in the bulletin. It should be. I need one up front here. Got a trusty usher can grab one off the table right here. One up front, uh, two up front. We need some brochures up front. Come on, let's get some brochures. Okay, come on, right here. You, 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 you usher, brother. Raise the hand. Okay, they're getting them. They're coming. Keep the hand up. As, as one preacher said, I see that hand. Okay, <laughs> I see that hand. So it's yeah. Chosen People Ministries. Very exciting. Some of you. Uh, there you go. Here he comes. Some of you uh, are receiving my prayer letter, a newsletter. I've been here a couple of times before, and uh, we did the Passover once before, so I uh, want to do that again, perhaps, and think about that. We're going to use this at the end of our service together, our time together, and we'll have it again available tonight, okay? And uh, we're going to, there's a flap on there. Don't tear that off yet, okay? We'll do that together at the conclusion of our time together. A little bit about Judy and me is inside here, and... Uh, a little bit about Chosen People Ministries. Hold on to that brochure. We'll use that at the conclusion of our time together. Chosen People, for those who are not familiar with our ministry, is a 120-year-old ministry to Jewish people, founded in 1894 by an Orthodox Jewish rabbi by the name of uh, Leopold Cohn. And uh, he came to faith in 1890 in uh, Brooklyn, New York, from Hungary. And an incredible uh, story about how God has been uh, working, was working in his life, and we're still continuing that ministry today. Today, Chosen People Ministries, and some of you get the material and know that. If you're not getting it, when you fill this out, we'll make sure you get involved with us, and Judy will be at the table to assist you and help you out with that. But uh, Chosen People Ministries now has over 160, maybe even have 170 missionaries worldwide with new, new people coming on staff regularly and volunteer staff, and we have another 60 or, or so. Back office staff, we have 25 or more missionaries in Israel alone, and uh, the Jews are going back. If you were in Sunday school this morning, you heard about the return of Israel, uh, the Jewish people back to the land, and uh, we're just there ministering to them. We are there uh, the first time they came back, they came back without the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God is now coming. They were baptizing Jews in the Jordan River on a regular basis. Great things happening. And if you can't get to Israel and be involved with our ministry there, you need to come to Brooklyn, New York. Okay, I noticed in your bulletin that you're doing a missions trip. Oi, the missions trip just fell off here. Wait a minute. Oi. I don't know. How did Jesus keep his microphone on? That's what I want to know. Okay. <laughs> trying to figure it out. I need some duct tape or something there. That's what it is. Okay. Um, I notice you're going, you have an Alfred Almond Church, Bible Church, short-term mission trip to Jamaica. That's wonderful. But you know what the Bible says? This is Romans 1.16. To the Jew first, come to Brooklyn. Come to a mission trip to Brooklyn. We have a great opportunity to come and be involved with the Jews. And uh, two weeks in August, okay? This August, start uh, raising some support now, some, 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 some uh, uh, funds, and be involved. I was there uh, this year. Some of you received the newsletters and prayer letters about that, received my prayer letter and our information about that. 
over 277 Jewish people, uh, rather people came to, to make a comment, to, to comment to us, to, to give us their contact information, and over 48, I think it was 50 some people came to faith, uh, 40 some Jewish people came to faith in Jesus. Now that's just because we say they made a prayer, I don't believe they came to faith so much, but we're in the process of doing what the Great Commission says, it's called discipleship. You know, the Great Commission is not get people to make a prayer and, and raise your hand, and, and that's a good start. But the bottom line is that we need to make disciples, and Chosen People Ministries in the business of making disciples of Jews and Gentiles as well. And many Jewish people came to faith in Jesus. I was there for two full weeks in August. I was a missionary in New York for over 11 years in Russian ministry with Judy, and I were both there together. And I was on Shalom Brooklyn, so we encourage you. Lord willing, Judy will be coming with me next year in August to Shalom Brooklyn, being involved with us. And uh, you really have not gone a really exciting missions trip unless you're witnessing to Jewish people in New York. That is a real exciting time together. And it's amazing the amount of people you can get involved with. And uh, I uh, encourage you to be involved with us. Check us out on our our uh, Shalom Brooklyn uh, uh, Facebook page and things like that. Get real involved with what's going on in these days. Judy and I, after we leave here, we'll be going back to, we'll be in New Jersey for a while. We have another meeting in Pennsylvania. But then this Friday starts the uh, Feast of Sukkot or uh, Tabernacles. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to go through the Feast of Israel. This is the, the fall feast time. We're going to talk about the feast and how they all fit in, how they all pertain to Jesus. But we'll be going back for the dedication of a new building. We are back to Brooklyn. We started in Brooklyn, and we're back to Brooklyn, and we're having a big banquet on Friday. And then next week, this is the Feast of Tabernacles for eight days. We're going to have evangelism in New York. The Isaiah 53 campaign is going to be a big, a big event. Isaiah53.com is our website. Okay, I highly encourage you to go to that website, Isaiah53.com. I came to faith by reading Isaiah 53. It's the most important messianic passage in all the Bible. It speaks of Jesus. Isaiah53.com will get you our free book called Isaiah 53 Explained. We're giving out a lot of those books for free. Get one, get one for a Jewish friend. Get involved with us and uh, what we're doing there. And that'll be the Isaiah 53 campaign. We'll be doing evangelism. So I'll be uh, with Judy in New York from the 20th almost up until the 27th. And then we have a major conference at Calvary Baptist Church in Manhattan with Joel Rosenberg and many others on uh, Israel, end time, Middle, East, Middle East prophecy, Middle East uh, coming to bed. He's going to talk about Damascus and all that. Incredible time. There's still opportunity for you to get involved with our conference at Calvary. If you're interested, check with Judy and me at the I, a literature table. I, I had a literature table. Now, I told the people in Sunday school this. Judy and I are getting up there in age. You know, it's amazing what happens. You start forgetting things. I know you young folks don't understand that. But I forgot a box of literature at home in Florida, and it's not on the table. So there's very little literature there. But everybody that fills this out will be getting our newsletter and our prayer letter, and we have a few of these on the table. So uh, Judy will be there at the table, but we don't have a lot of literature there because I forgot it. So keep me in prayer as we think about that. Turn to Leviticus 23. We're going to talk about uh, the Feast of Israel. I'm going to set you up a timeline here, okay? Stretch out that timeline. You know, a, a good Bible scholar has a timeline. You know, you got to have a timeline. And, and since uh, you're looking at it this way, we're going to do it in, the, in the, uh, the normal order, not the Hebrew order, okay? And we'll start here. We're going to start with, uh, with Passover. We're going to end with Tabernacles. 
And we're going to see how this all fits together, how it all points to Jesus. I told the folks in Sunday school this morning that uh, don't consider it the Old Testament, you know. We don't believe in that Old Testament anymore, honey. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's the book of Leviticus, the book of Numbers, the book of uh, Joel and Amos are just as inspired as Matthew, Mark, Romans, and Thessalonians. Just so you understand that, okay? It's all part of the inspired text, okay? We've got the whole thing, you know. I See, when I was growing up in Philadelphia, I've been saved for 52 years, by the way. I know I don't look old enough. 52 and a half, actually. I got saved May 16, 1961. And... Um, when I got saved, I was read, we, were, we don't really read the Bible when you grow up in synagogue, you, you, whatever the rabbi says, that's it. but I had the Bible. We only had uh, the first part, okay? We didn't have the whole thing. Now I have the whole thing, so I got the rest of the story. And I came to faith by reading Isaiah 53 for the first time in my life, so you want to check out that Isaiah53.com. So let's remember that we're not just New Testament Christians. We are, we, we're under the New Covenant, that's true, all part of that New Covenant relationship with him, sealed in his blood. He said it's finished on the cross and all that's involved there. But those feasts really are very significant. It's Leviticus 23, there's all seven feasts of Israel, and they all point to the program of God. Uh, there's the spring feast that already have taken place, and there's the fall feast that are now taking place even as we speak. And uh, some very exciting things to consider. Now, we're going to go through the feasts, okay? We're going to start with Passover. Oh, did I do it backwards? I did that backwards. Start with Passover and with Tabernacles. And where we are today is right here in the long, hot summer. Leviticus 23. I'm going to start at verse 4. These are the appointed feasts of the Lord. Holy convocations which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. These are appointed times of the Lord. Okay, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. If you have a different translation, follow along with me. Uh, now, the first feast on God's calendar is Passover. I was reminded, I had really forgotten, but I, I was reminded that I did do a Passover here. Does anybody remember me doing a Passover? Uh, we, okay, well, we got to come back and do another Passover. But this time we have to do it with the matzo ball soup. We didn't have the matzo ball soup and the chicken, did we? No? Okay. We have to, we have, to have my grandmother's recipes, and Judy will come and, and help, us, uh, help us get that all set up, and we'll do that just right, because we need to have a real Passover. See, Passover is the beginning of the feast. It's found in verse uh, uh, 5. In the first, first month, on the 15th day, at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. Now, Passover is really discussed more, more, uh, in more detail in Exodus chapter 12, okay? We're not going to look at Exodus chapter 12 right this second, but in Exodus chapter 12, with all the details, I'll just read one little section. Uh, verse, verse 12 says, I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both male and beast, and on uh, all the... Uh, gods of Egypt, I will, uh, I will execute judgment. Let me just mention, we were in bondage, okay, Jewish people in bondage, and uh, God sent Moses, okay, and God called Moses out to be the deliverer, and he gave them uh, 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 directions to tell Moses to let my people go, and uh, he didn't let them go until they had the ten plagues, and it says here in verse, verse uh, 12, I will strike all the firstborn, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt. Every one of the plagues, the ten plagues, 
were related to a god in Egypt, all that they worshipped. They worshipped the sun god and the frog god and, and, and all the different gods that they worshipped. And they were worshipping the firstborn and all that's involved there. But then it says this in Passover. This is very significant. The blood shall be a sign for you on the, on the houses where you are. See, all the firstborn in Egypt are going to die. But when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's Passover. That's salvation, folks. Passover speaks to us of atonement. Passover speaks to us of the real atonement. We're going to talk about the Day of Atonement. That comes up later. That's the fall feast that we, as we have here. But uh, Passover speaks to us of the blood on the door. Over in First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, we read these words. Knowing that you were not redeemed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, nor with the precious, with the perishable things, such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Messiah, the blood of Christ. If I say Messiah, that's Hebrew. Christ is Greek. Like a lamb without spot, without blemish. We're talking, when we talk about Passover, the first feast of the, in the year, the first of the month, we're talking about the crucifixion. We're talking about the blood on the door. We're talking about the blood on the door. I pray to God you have received Jesus. You've come to faith in him. 52 years ago, I, I, I was born again. For the first time in my life, I read John chapter 3. After I read John, after I read Romans, uh, excuse me, Romans, John, I'm in the New Testament. After I read Isaiah 53. And I came to faith in Jesus. I was born again. I read about a, a Jewish man by the name of Nicodemus. John chapter 3. Jesus said to him, Except a man be born again, he shall no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. By the way, if you're interested, John chapter 3 is the original Nick at night. Oh, oh, that's bad. That's really bad. If you don't know what that means, ask some of your kids. They'll tell you. Now they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, anyway, Nicodemus came to him by night, you know. Anyway, so, but that was, that's what that happened to me. And that's what it all happened. I pray to God that you have come to that point in your life where you have received the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, and you believe in him. And this Jewish guy is telling you, whether you're Jews or Gentile, whether you're from the nations, the Goyim, the Goyhanim, the Goyim, or, or you're from... The Jewish people, you're the circumcision. You only need to come to faith in the Messiah, the once and all. So that's the first feast on God's calendar is Passover. Now, that happens on the 15th day of the first month. Now look in verse uh, 20, Leviticus 23. In verse, uh, verse 5 was, was Passover. And on the, verse 6, it says, And the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Uh, and the first day you shall have a holy convocation and do no ordinary work. And you shall have, it, it talks about what you do in the holy convocation. Seven days, uh, unleavened bread, okay. And then, yeah. So we have Passover on the 14th. See, from the 10th until the 14th, they're inspecting the lambs. They're finding the perfect lamb. Once they find the perfect lamb, they slay it in the prescribed hour in the prescribed manner. They place the blood on the suicide post, the top of the door, forming a sign. They stay behind the sign. I see the blood on the door. I'll pass over you. Okay? I pray to God you're behind the sign. And the very next day, the 15th, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, by the time of the first century, that became known as the Passover week. Okay? The Passover, it's eight days. It's Passover and then seven days of unleavened bread. And in our house, we would eat nothing but matzah, the unleavened bread. 
And I pray to God that you're having the Lord's Supper with the real matzah, the unleavened bread. That all points to Christ too. Very, very significant. If you have a question about that, let me know. I'm pretty sure since I've done the Passover here, you probably were involved with that. But uh, it's seven days, unleavened bread. Speaks to us of sanctification, of going on with him. See, once you're saved at Passover, then you need to go on with You don't just get saved and that's it, like fire insurance. No, it's, yes, you get saved. Yes, the blood on the door. But then it's unleavened bread. You see, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8 talks about that. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8 says this. It says, clean out the old leaven. Five, five, five. Okay. Five, uh, your boasting is not good. Verse six, do you not know the little leaven, leaven is the whole lump? Clean out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, even as really you are unleavened. For Messiah, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So there's the cleansing of the leaven. My grandmother, before Passover, would clean up the house of everything that has yeast in it, everything that has leaven in it. It speaks to us of sanctification. It speaks to us of growing in our faith in Him. Okay, we need to clean out the leaven in our life. Leaven in Scripture represents sin. And uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread speaks to us of that ongoing sanctification. So we have Passover. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. Crucifixion. We then have the next feast on God's calendar, sanctification or unleavened bread. Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then... On the end of unleavened bread, in verse 9 through 14, we have the feast of first fruits. First fruits. Now, let me read a little from that. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, this verse 9, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land and I give you and reap the harvest, you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the, to the priest. And he shall wave the, the, the sheaf before the Lord so that you will, uh, may be accepted. And on the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it and the, the day when you have, uh, when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb. It has the offerings and all that's involved there. And uh, it talks to you about what you shall bring and what you shall, shall do. It's the feast of, un, of uh, first fruits. What it is, it's the, the Thanksgiving. In, Jew, in, the, in, the, in the days when we were in the land it, and we were uh, in, in the tabernacle and the temple, it was to thank God for the harvest that came in, the first fruits of the harvest that came in. To us, it speaks to us of, of the Lord Jesus' resurrection. He is our first fruits. Look over with me in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 is a great portion of Scripture, by the way, because that includes the Gospels there. Verse 3 says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Messiah died for your sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. We have, if you want to know what's the Gospel, you go to 1 Corinthians 15, okay? Uh, uh, verse 17, And if Christ is not risen from uh, your, fruit, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Now, but, verse 20, in fact, Messiah, Christ, has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep or have died. First fruits uses that, that uh, Old Testament uh, analogy. Uh, for by one man, death came death, by one man also can the resurrection from the dead. That's the, the resurrection of Messiah, what proves that he's Messiah, proves who he is. He is our first fruits. He rose from the grave, guaranteeing our resurrection to follow. As in Adam, all died. So in Messiah, all will be made alive. But 
each one in his own order. Messiah, our first fruits, then those who would come after. So he is our first That's That speaks to us of the resurrection of Messiah as our blessed hope. The Passover, Passover, crucifixion, redemption. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. We have, we have unleavened bread. It speaks to us of sanctification, cleansing of the leaven, going on with him. And first fruits, the resurrection of our Messiah. Our, we are, he is our first fruits, guaranteeing our resurrection to follow. Now, look down in verse 15. We have the feast of what's known as the Feast of Weeks, also known as uh, Pentecost, also known as Shavuot. You know it best is probably Pentecost. Shavuot, or as I used to call it when I was growing up, Shavuos. We had a little different pronunciation from Eastern European Jews from the Middle East. Today, the right way to say it is the way they say it in Israel, okay, the Israeli pronunciation. Look what it says in verse 15. You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath. The day after the Sabbath had to do with first fruits. So it's the day after the first fruits. From the day that you brought in the sheaf of the wave offering, you shall count 50 days. So from, from first fruits, to, to uh, Pentecost, to uh, Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, is 50 days. To the day after the seventh Sabbath, then you shall, pre- you shall present a grain offering to the Lord, and you shall bring from your dwelling place, now, two loaves of bread, hold that thought, two loaves of bread, to be waved and made with a tenth of an ephod, and you shall be with fine flour, and shall be baked with... Leaven. Wait a minute. Baked with leaven. Up until this point, we have unleavened. No leaven. Why with leaven? This is a very significant feast. Uh, it's like a second first fruits in a way. It says, as a first fruits to the Lord. But we had, we had Passover. We had the crucifixion. We had redemption. We had unleavened bread, sanctification going on with him. And we have uh, first fruits, the resurrection of Messiah, guaranteeing our resurrection to follow. He is our first fruits. Fifty days later, we turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is very significant. The rabbis tell us that the, 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 uh, the event that took place on, uh, uh, at uh, Mount Sinai, Exodus chapter 32, the golden calf incident, remember that? The rabbis tell us that that was the birthday of the, day of the, uh, the nation of Israel. Why? Because they had their decalogue. They had their, their, uh, uh, their law. Okay, and they were born as a nation. Rabbis tell us that's the birthday of the nation of Israel. Now, if that's the birthday of the nation of Israel, we turn to Acts chapter 2. That's the birthday of the church, the body of Christ. This new thing, it's one new man. Ephesians chapter 2, whole other message to share. But Ephesians chapter 2 talks about that. Uh, and uh, look what it says. When the day of Pentecost, or Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, had fully come together, they were all in one place. It was one of the feasts where the Jewish people had to come uh, come uh, to, to Jerusalem, one of the, uh, the three feasts where they would come in, and they were all together, and suddenly there were, came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. This is a fulfillment of Acts 1.8, where God said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit, going to uh, give you the, uh, bring the Holy Spirit, and this is when it's fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, uh, and uh, sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it fell on the entire house and where, where they were sitting, and divided tongues of fine, uh, uh, fire appeared to them, resting on them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages 
other tongues, as some, some translations say, it's languages, as the Spirit gave them utterances. Now there were dwelling uh, Jews from devout, from every nation, uh, and uh, they were from all over. They had come specifically for this. And they were bewildered when each one heard him speaking in his own language. That word for language is dialect there, his own dialect. And they were amazed and they were astonished, saying, uh, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Aren't they from Galilee? How come they're speaking in our language? And how is it that we hear each of them in our own language, our own dialect? Uh, as, as they mentioned all the places they came from. In verse uh, 6, they were amazed. In verse uh, 12, it says, and they were, no, in verse 6, it says they were bewildered. They were bewildered. And then in verse 12, another, another synonym for that is they were amazed. In verse 12, and they were perplexed. This is the ESV translation. And some as saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were saying, well, they're just filled with new wine. They're just, they're just drunk. This is a great event. This is the birthday of the, na- of the body of Christ. Now let's remember, Exodus chapter 32, okay, Exodus 32, Mount Sinai, Pentecost, and the rabbis say it was Pentecost when that happened, that's what they tell us, and they say it was the birthday of the nation of Israel, and uh, do you remember how many died? Uh, Moses goes up to God, speaks to God, God uh, he pleads for God to, to forgive their sins, and God's going to make a new nation out of Moses, and... Uh, God says no uh, uh, Moses pleads with him he says no okay uh, let's go around killing he puts the put a strap a sword all the Levites would strap a sword and they went out killing and, and how many died 3,000 died in Exodus chapter 32 now look what happens here now um, Peter stands up with the 11 filled with filled up uh, his voice and addressed the men of Judah, verse 14, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people, not drunk as you think, no, you suppose since it is only the third hour, people don't get drunk this early in the morning, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. He starts quoting from Joel chapter 2, end times events that are going to be taking place. And then he talks about, gives some history lesson, talks about, quotes uh, from Psalm uh, 160, 116, from 16, verse 8 and 11, about, and Psalm 110 about the resurrection uh, and all that's involved there. Verse 31, he says, He forsook, speaking of King David, as, he, as David was quoting in Psalms, he spoke about the resurrection of Messiah. He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Yeshua, this Jesus, God has raised up and that we are all witnesses. We're witnesses to the resurrection. The resurrection is what gave the seal of approval, what gave the guarantee of who Messiah is, who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. He is the promised one. He not only died on the cross, he not only died on Passover, but was raised again on first fruits. Fifty days later, that's when this took place. Pentecost. Fifty days later. And how many died? Exodus chapter 32, 3,000. And he says here, what shall we do? Verse uh, 37. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, verse 41. Those who received his word, in other words, they were saved, they were born again, received, they were baptized. Notice the order, by the way. You don't get baptized first. Baptized was after you received the word. There were added to them that day 3,000 souls. 3,000, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. I believe that God replaced the 3,000 from Exodus chapter 32 at Pentecost. 
the ones that die. He replied, and what are these? These are Jews. He starts the new, the new, new entity, the body of Christ. Okay, the one new man wasn't really complete until Cornelius got saved. They had to have a Gentile in there too. Okay, but the three thousand got saved. He replaces the ones that had died, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that fellowship, and they were going on to discipleship and getting into the Word. Okay, remember what it said in, in Exodus? Excuse me, in Leviticus twenty-three. I said, hold that thought. When we talked about Pentecost, uh, we said there was two loaves of bread with leaven. What's the two loaves of bread? Why two loaves of bread? Two loaves of bread? Jews and Gentiles in the body of Christ. If you're here, if you're anything other than a Jew or a Gentile, I'd like you to raise your hand. <laughs> See? That's all there is. And that's only two in the body of Christ. But unfortunately, there's some folks like, you see these flowers up front? You see them flowers? I'm going to double check. I didn't check these yet. Let me just see something here. Yep, just like I thought. They look pretty good, don't they? But when you get up close, you know they're fakes. Well, there's some folks in the church, they know how to say hallelujah and praise the Lord. You even know how to sing the songs. I was kind of excited. You're singing some of the same songs we sing in our church, so this is good stuff. Not back in the day where we used to have to turn the 445, you know. <laughs> we had it up there. They're great stuff. And you're singing some of the same good tunes. I'm getting to actually know the words that you saw. I, knew, I had memorized basically all the ones we used from the hymnal for years. You know, I've been safer. 52 years, so I used the hymnal for quite a while. But uh, I know the songs. But you may know the songs. You may come to Sunday school, but you may be like these flowers. Be, be careful. You may look good from a distance. When you get up close, you know they're fake. See, 3,000 got saved, two loaves of bread, Jews and Gentiles, but with leaven. With leaven. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he shall know why he's under the kingdom of heaven. Just because you grew up in a Christian home, just because you know how to say all the... Uh, uh, the, the Christianese, if you will. You know how to sing the hymns. You know, maybe even have some Bible verses memorized. Let's remember. You get saved at Passover. When I see the blood, I'll pass over. You have that blood of the Lamb of God in the doorpost of your heart. And then you get sanctified with, with, with uh, unleavened bread, okay? The Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days. And eight days, counting the Feast of Passover. Uh, that's the uh, sanctification. Then, uh, first fruits. Jesus rose from the grave, guaranteeing our resurrection to follow. Okay, leading 50 days later, Pentecost, nation of Israel, born as a nation, 3,000 die. Church, born again. Born of the church, the new man, the one new man. Born on one day at Pentecost, 3,000 made alive. That brings us to this time in the middle. There's no feasting right here. See, this is the spring feast. This is the fall feast. This is where we are. We're looking for these feasts. Now, we're right here. This is what we call the long, hot summer. John chapter 4 and verse 35 says this. This is John 4 and verse 35. It says, John, I got a, there he is, John 4, 35. It says, do not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Look, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and, and see that the fields are already white unto harvest. The fields are already white unto harvest. This is the time of serving the Lord, of ministering the fields, of witnessing, of sharing. That's why I did our summer training program, our Shalom Brooklyn program in New York in the summer. We do summer ministry, summer mission trips. Wonderful opportunity to serve the Lord. Of course, there's no feasts in the summer. You have the spring feast, and we're going to see the fall feast, but no feasts in the summer. Matthew uh, verse... Uh, Matthew, Matthew verse, uh, Matthew, is it Matthew? Yeah, it's there, Matthew 9. Matthew 9 says this. 
Matthew 9 and verse uh, 37 says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest fields. We labor in the long, hot summer. That leads us up to the next event on God's calendar. It's the Feast of Trumpets. It's found in Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus chapter 23. Uh, Leviticus 23. We're going to uh, look at uh, verse 26. Feast of... uh, of trumpets, verse 23, rather. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, Speak unto the uh, children of Israel, saying, um, In the seventh month, now we're up to the seventh month. We had the first month, all the, all the, the, the feasts, the spring feasts were all in the, in the first month. It's the seventh month. On the, on the first day of the month, you shall observe the solemn rest assembly and proclaim with the blasting of the trumpet, the shofar. Tonight, Aaron will show up. He will blow the shofar. We're going to have that. We're going to have that blown the shofar, and that happened just last uh, week ago, Wednesday, ten days ago, Friday, ten days ago from Friday, Wednesday, the, the Wednesday, the, uh, the the Jewish people were celebrating the feast of trumpets, also known as the feast of weeks, Yom Teruah, the day of the blowing is what it really means. Okay, and it's it's, it's listed. We we celebrate it as the Jewish New Year. Now it's the it's the it's the uh, actual religious New Year. But in reality, it's not the actual first of the month. The first month on the Jewish calendar is Passover. But this is like the new year. And, and, and the blowing of the, the trumpet, the, 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 the shofar would be sounded for the regathering of the people, gathering them to worship, gathering them to battle. A number of scriptures speak of that. Jeremiah speaks of it. Uh, bringing them back to the land of Ezekiel. There's a wonderful section that speaks to us. When we think of the blowing of the trumpet, we want to think of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, it doesn't want us to be uninformed, verse 13, those that sleep. The, the, the book of 1 Thessalonians was written for those that, that they thought that the rapture took place and they missed it, okay? No, they didn't miss it. He said those that fall asleep or those that are dead, that have, that they, they may not be grieved as others do. For since we believe, verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again, even so, uh, through Yeshua, through Jesus, God will bring him, those who have fallen asleep, those who are dead. For we declare to you by word from the Lord that we who are alive and who are left unto the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep, those who died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. I've been in a few of them churches. You know, the dead in Christ. Oh, no, no, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> That's something else. <laughs> now, those that died before, there were believers. Not, in other words, if you're alive, you're not going to be doing that. We'll rise, and then we who are left alive will be caught up together. The blowing of the trumpet. That's the Feast of Trumpets. I believe, it's just my own belief. Uh, I don't have any real scriptural basis for it, but it sounds pretty good. I believe the rapture is going to take place on, Yom, on uh, Rosh Hashanah, on the Feast of Trumpets. That the trumpet will sound uh, first, over in 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verse 52, we talk about the last trump will sound and dead in Christ will rise. Will rise. Well, that's a possibility. That's a strong possibility that he will return. So I'm looking forward to the return of Christ with all that's going on in the world today. We had Passover, unleavened bread. We had, uh, we had uh, first fruits. We had uh, Pentecost, 58. We had the long hot summer. We have uh, the Feast of Trumpets, just happened in Jerusalem. Now, between the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, and the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, there's 10 days. 
It's called the days of awe, the ten days of awe, when Jewish people are contemplating their sins, they're, they're considering their sins. It's a wonderful opportunity to witnessing and sharing with Jewish people. They're, they're considering their relationship. And, and then on the day of atonement, we find this a day of atonement in uh, Leviticus 23, looking over in verse, uh, verse 26, starting in verse 26. Uh, it's a day when the high priest would go into the... We're gonna, he's going to go in tonight, by the way. We're going to see that very clearly. Go into the Holy of Holies on the one day of the year. Now, verse 27, on the tenth day of the seventh month, the tenth day, the uh, Feast of, of Trumpets was on the first day. Okay, uh, first day, that verse... Uh, Verse 24 says the first day of the month. So 10 days later, okay, is the, the Feast of the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. It really means the Day of the Covering. Okay, we have the Day of Atonement. We don't just cover our sins. We have the full atonement. And you shall make a holy convocation. And the, here's what would happen. And we're going to talk about that a little more tonight as, the, uh, as Aaron goes into the, the Holy of Holies. And you have two goats. One would be the slain goat. One would be the scapegoat. We cast a lot for the goats, and the slain goat would be slain, blood would be spilled, be sprinkled. That's the, the one that cleanses from our sins. But the scapegoat, the, the Levites would put their hands on the, on the scapegoat and would take it over the cliff and break the leg even, and they'd put a, a thread, a red thread on the horn of the goat, and the goat would be taken, that's the one that takes away our sins. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he did two things. He took away our sins, he also cleansed us from our sins. Now, that little red thread, the historians tell us, that approximately the year of 30 A.D., approximately, 40 years before the destruction of the temple, that red thread, uh, by the way, up until that time, it always turned white. And that signified that the, that the uh, sacrifice was accepted. But around 30 A.D., approximately, that, that, that thread never turned white again. Why not? Because the once and for all atonement had come. See, the real day of atonement for the Jewish people is Yom Kippur, Exodus chapter 23. Also, all the details are in Leviticus 16. And, uh, no, that's not Leviticus 16. Uh, wait, I've got to make a note here. That's number 16. Numbers, I'm sure. Let me just double check. Leviticus 16, I don't believe that's correct. I'm pretty sure it's Numbers. Yeah, it's number 16, and it talks all about the, uh, the, 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 relation, the regulations and what will be done. Numbers 16. So, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, you get a little older and you deeper in that. Oh, that's another, that's something else. Le, Le, Leviticus 16. The sacrifice of the numbers. Aaron will have the exact number. There. Yeah, David told me, it is Leviticus 16. I, I stand corrected. Uh, I'm not sitting. No place to sit. Okay, so that's it's the the details of the David. That's the real David atonement for the Jewish people. I believe that there's two verses in Scripture that are real significant for me. First of all, I get a lot of complaints about people. Why are we doing? Why why have chosen people ministries? Why are you witnessing the Jews? I have a lot of reasons why, of course, a lot of biblical perspective. But there's a verse in Romans. It's Romans 11:26. Romans 11:26. It says this, and all Israel will be saved. All Israel will be saved. Now, um, all Israel will be saved. Well, if all Israel is going to get saved, why don't we just forget about the chosen people ministries and just uh, go home, close it up. You know, forget about taking offerings, forget about supporting the Jewish ministry. No, it doesn't work that way, folks. 
See, all those will be saved, but it's going to happen after these events. Excuse me, after these events. We have the Feast of Trumpets, that's the rapture, okay? And then there's going to be the tribulation. And then after the tribulation, is going to be uh, the final day of atonement, Yom Kippur, okay? And I believe that Zechariah 12.10, I read this verse for the first time in my life 52 years ago. Listen carefully. This is Zechariah 12.10. They will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for only begotten son. Zechariah 12.10. I believe, first of all, in Zechariah 12, I'm going to actually not quote it, but read it. Starting at verse uh, 10, I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and, and, and pleads for mercy. The spirit of grace and pleads for mercy. And when they will look on me, God the Father, whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only begotten son. We have the Trinity in, in Zechariah 12, 10, folks. The Trinity, the triunity, if you will. That's another objection I get from Jewish people that say, we don't believe in three gods, neither do we. We believe in one God revealed in the one person, of the, uh, in the one Godhead, three in one. Beautiful picture of the plurality of God. The watchwords of Israel from Deuteronomy 6, 4. Shema Israel, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One one unity, if you will. And that's exactly what we're speaking of. So we have that. They're going to look and they're going to say, hey, this is what's going to happen. That tribulation will take place at the end, uh, right after the, that, that uh, uh, feast of trumpets, right after the rapture. And they're going to go, hey, it's the same guy. It's that guy that chosen people ministers are telling us about. They're going to get whiplash. They're going to say, hey, it's the same guy. In, Jew, in, in the Orthodox Jewish circles, they have to explain why, when the Messiah came, why when it comes, why doesn't he... Uh, uh, bring the peace right away. Well, see, in Judaism, they, have, they, they talk about, in Orthodox Judaism, they talk about two messiahs. One is Messiah ben Joseph. The other one's Messiah ben Dovi. Messiah ben Joseph is the suffering servant, the one that dies for our sins. Messiah ben David is the reigning king. There's only one problem. We believe the same thing. There's only one difference. It's one messiah. It comes twice. <laughs> and he comes the second time to set up the kingdom. And Jewish people are going to recognize him. That is the feast of the Day of Atonement. Leading up to the last feast on God's calendar, it's found in 23, 33 through, 34 through, through 44 in, in Leviticus 23. It's, it's uh, the Feast of, of Booths or Tabernacles. That's going to be happening just this next week, uh, starting on Friday. The, the, uh, that's where we're going to have our banquet and dedication of our building in conjunction with our, our new Messianic Jewish Center, the Charles Feinberg Center, in, right in the heart of the Orthodox Jewish community. And we've been having a lot of opposition to people, to us owning the building, to us uh, renovating the building. Pray for us that we have the finance to continue to renovate. We're finishing the renovation of that building. And we're going to have the dedication of that building on the uh, banquet. And then we're going to do evangelism in conjunction with the Feast of Tabernacles. It says here in verse uh, 34, on the 15th day of the seventh month, on the seventh day is the Feast of Booths. To the, uh, for seven days is the Feast of Booths. See, it's the 15th. So on the 1st, we had, uh, we had uh, Rosh Hashanah, the, the Feast of Trumpets. On the 10th, we had Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And now on the 15th, we have the Feast of Booths to the Lord. And the first day, you have a convocation, seven days. We're going to be doing a lot of evangelism. We're doing the Isaiah 53 campaign, Isaiah53.com. Be involved with us. This speaks to us of eternal rest, resting with him, dwelling with him. John 14.1 says, 
I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions, many tabernacles, many places to rest with him. Very interesting section of scripture tells us that in the end times, after all this takes place, those that came up against Israel, this is Zechariah 14, 16, it says, all those that came up against the nation of Israel will go up year after year to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles to the Lord. We have seen the feasts of Israel as they, uh, as they apply directly. We don't have to, do we have to celebrate them? We don't have under obligation to celebrate them, but we can proclaim them as a time of proclaiming the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, because he is our Passover. He died for our sins. That's crucifixion. That's redemption. That's, that's uh, salvation. And then we have to go on with him. That's sanctification. Then we have to, that's the feast of, of, uh, of uh, unleavened bread. Then we have the first fruits. He rose to the grave, guaranteeing our resurrection to follow. Then we have Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the birthday of the nation of Israel. 3,000 died, birthday of the church, 3,000 made alive. Jews and Gentiles in the body. Long hot summer, serving him, leading up to the feast of trumpets, blowing of the trumpets, the rapture of the church, the dead in Christ rise. Uh, Jewish people are contemplating their sins, 10 days of awe, leading up to the feast of, of Yom Kippur, the real Yom Kippur. They look on me, they have pierced. They mourn for him as one mourns for only begotten son. All Israel that lived through that tribulation time will be saved, leading up to the feast of tabernacles, tabernacling with him, resting with him. Pray for us as we continue to share the ministry, share the word with Jewish people. I'm going to ask you to do something quickly before uh, we depart. I'm going to have the brother come back and close our service as he sees fit. I'm going to have a word of prayer, perhaps. I'm going to take your brochure out. Now, Judy's going to be at the table in the back, okay? My wonderful wife, Judy. I'll be there, too. And there's going to be a plate on that table. There won't be a lot of literature there. We don't have... We, Forgot it. And, and uh, in the plate, we're going to give an offering for Chosen People Ministries. Make out any checks to Chosen People Ministries. If you don't have it with you now, you can bring it back tonight, whatever. This brochure is what you put in the plate. Now, we're going to do something I haven't done in church in 2,000 years of church history. We're going to pull together without a committee. This is Alfred Almond pulling together. Christians pulling together. I think we can do it. You're going to pull together. Okay? Think. Get ready? Are you ready? Got your brochure? Okay. On the count of three, we're going to pull together. Count of three. You ready? One. Two. I didn't say three. All right, three, four, five. I heard someone say that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, five. Okay, you can pull together. Getting, these, getting Christians to pull together is tough. You can do it. I want to send you my newsletter, my prayer letter. Let us know who you are. Give us your name and address. I do send out my prayer letter by email, so give us your email address. Some of you are getting it already. I know you're getting it because you got that picture, and this picture came from my prayer letter. So you're getting my prayer letter, but see, I want uh, everybody to get that. Let, if you give something in the offering, let us know how much you've given so we can acknowledge your gift. I still need to raise my support. Semi-retired or not, I don't get my pay if I don't get uh, income, so we got to do that. So maybe you want to give on an ongoing basis. Let us know that. We're in the 21st century, folks. You know how I know we're in the 21st century? You give by credit card or debit card. Yeah. You just put your numbers on the bottom, put your expiration date, fill that out, sign that. Let us know. You want to give that way? We'll be happy to do that. There's some information on the back, too. So drop that in the plate as you go around. I'm going to ask the brother to come up and close the service as he sees fit. It's been a pleasure to be with you. I'll greet you at the table and come back tonight. Aaron, the high priest, will show up. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that very much, and it was a really an honor to have you here. I'm just going to close us in prayer. You're going to be dismissed, and you'll be hearing 
Baruch Hashem in the background as you leave. Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to have this this um, Hebrew man that loves you. And Lord, we know what a difficult task it is to turn the hearts of the Jewish people to you, the Messiah. We thank you for Israel and Judy and their efforts that they're making. We pray that you would bless them and be with them and help them with their new facility and all that will go, that you will be before them, that you will make their paths straight. We pray a blessing on this body that you would be with everyone here this day. We commit this rest of this time to you, and we honor and we glorify you in Jesus' holy name.